many of you are going to receive what God wants you to have tonight? And tonight we didn't come just to hear the word of God. That's wonderful. And when we come to church, that's why we come to hear the word of God. But tonight we are going to be participating members. We're going to be not only hearers of the word, but we are going to be doers of the word. So at the close of the service, we're going to spend a few minutes, however long, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying about some things. But I want us all just to come into agreement right now that our hearts are going to be open. We're going to have, I'm going to have divine utterance and you're going to have ears to hear. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we set ourselves into agreement. We never take it lightly to have the privilege to gather together in your wonderful name and to hear the word of God. And Father, I'm asking you by the unction of the Holy Spirit now to give us divine utterance that we may speak what needs to be spoken. If there's things that folks have not yet seen, may the eyes of their understanding be flooded with light. May all of us be stirred in our hearts called to action to be participating members to use our faith and to use our voice if you pray in the spirit let's just go ahead for a moment oh that the the helper the Holy Spirit giving us divine utterance and praying forth what needs to be prayed and said in this hour and in this day in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you can go ahead and be seated. Now, Pastor mentioned Reverend Joe Morse. He was here Sunday morning and Sunday night. How many of you were able to be in at least one of those services? Rich, rich teaching. Uh, Especially in the morning services, it became uh, more apparent to me than ever before that we are living in the last days, that prophecy is being fulfilled all the time, that Jesus is coming. Amen? Amen? And while he was ministering, uh, Pastor had already asked me if I'd do Wednesday night tonight, and I just kept hearing this in my spirit, praying in the last days. Praying in the last days. We need to know how to pray in the last days. We need to know, like the Bible says, the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times in which they lived. This is a great time for the church. This is a glorious time for the church. This is a time when the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. We're going to see things that we've never seen before. And I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. Things might be dark out in the world, but guess what? We're not in the world. We're in the church. We're children of the light. Hallelujah. I want to start out by reading you something super duper encouraging. Do you like to hear super duper encouraging things? This is from a book by our spiritual father, Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, uh, Tongues Beyond the Upper Room. 
If you do not have a copy of this book, you're going to want to get one. A lot of the things I'll be teaching tonight, I've taken some of them from this book. We do not currently have it in the bookstore, but I understand more have been ordered and we'll have some more in there on Sunday. So I encourage you, once again, pick up this book. But I want to just read. I don't often do this, but I can't say it any better. So I want to read some things as we preface what we're going to teach on tonight. From what Brother Hagen, I'm quoting from him. God is calling us to answer his call to pray in these last days. Jesus is coming soon. But before he comes, there's something he wants us to do. And what he does on this earth, he will do through us his body. Point to your neighbor and say he's going to do it through you. The body has no coordination when half of its members are going one way and the other half are going the other way. So God is getting us ready. He is calling us to a common goal, to yield. Everybody say yield. Yield. Yield to the prompting of the Holy Ghost to pray in other tongues you might be here tonight and you're not filled with the holy spirit you don't yet speak in other tongues you can tonight this is a time that we all need to be praying in the spirit then he goes on to say the next wave is about to burst upon us in all of its glory And everyone should be determined not to miss it. Is that you? Are you determined not to miss what God is doing in the earth today? And by the way, this was the last book that Brother Hagin ever wrote. They actually compiled it after he went on to be with the Lord. They took many things of his last teachings and compiled this book. We have seen the wave called the healing revival. We have seen the way called the charismatic movement. Probably many in here came into the family of God during that time. We have seen the wave of faith and of teaching of God's word. But now, everybody say now. now. Another wave is coming. It's the wave of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. We've seen the power of the Holy Ghost in a limited fashion. But a wave is coming that will bring his power on a higher level and in a far greater measure than we have ever seen. I can see that wave out yonder, deep waves. It's coming. It's the wave of the Holy Ghost power and it's building higher and higher. Don't sit on yes. Let's see. Don't sit on yesterday's wave. Move of the Spirit. Swim out into the deep water of the Spirit realm by by praying in the Holy Ghost. Get on the next wave of God's purposes for this hour. Then keep on praying so you can ride that new wave as it builds and builds in divine power in glory. In fact... 
It will be twice as high as all of the other waves put together. I believe it's going to be the wave that sweeps us right on into the shores of the glory world. Can I get a glory? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So glad we get to be alive in this day and in this hour. Oh, thank you, Lord. We get to work with heaven. Thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit to be our divine helper. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, he referenced it a couple of times, and this isn't a sermon based on Brother Hagin. It's a sermon based on the Word of God. How do we pray effectively in this last hour? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because Jesus, anybody believe what Jesus says? We're going to start right here tonight. We're going to read a lot of familiar scriptures on praying and praying in the Holy Spirit. But we are expecting our hearts to be stirred afresh and anew. Don't look at any of these verses and go, ah, she's going there again. Yes, we're going there again and again and again and again till we step on over into glory. Hallelujah. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. Remember, we have a heavenly helper. He helps us pray. And I will ask the Father. This is Jesus. In your Bible, it's in red most likely. I will ask the Father. And he will give you another comforter. Now say these words with me. Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. The next verse, verse 17, even gives us more details. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive... Welcome, take to its heart, because it doesn't see him, or know, or recognize him. But you know him, recognize him, for he lives with you constantly, and will be in you. We're not going to take time to go through each one of these attributes of the Holy Spirit tonight, but it's awesome to know we got a counselor, we got a comforter, we got a standby, and we have a helper in prayer. And that's what we're going to center in on tonight, a helper in prayer. There's many times we do not have the words to say. We don't know how to pray like we ought to, but we have a helper to give us divine utterance. We might think we know how to pray. Sometimes we want to use prayer not as divine utterance, but as a time of manipulation. God, make them do this. Make them do that. Oh, Lord God, you can see what they need to do here and what they need to do there. No, that's not prayer. 
That's trying to make somebody do something. But God said, I'm going to give you a helper and he's going to give you divine utterance that you will be praying my perfect will. Over in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I'm going to look at it first out of the New King James. Romans 8, 26. Staying hooked up tonight. Everybody awake? Praise the Lord. Now it says here, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness. In the King James, it says infirmity. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which can not be uttered. First of all, that word that says weakness, again in the King James says infirmity, it's not implying that it's a, a sickness or a physical ailment. But what it literally means in the original language is it is an inability to produce results. An inability to pray what needs to be prayed. It's an, it's, so we, we can't always pray with our understanding and get the job done. Have you ever been at a loss for words? Or actually, you think you have the words, but it's not under the unction of the Holy Spirit. It's what we think ought to be done or ought to be said. Perhaps you may be praying for a relative that's acting very foolishly. And you're looking at the situation and your mind says, if their brains were dynamite, it wouldn't be enough to blow their nose. They've been so stupid. And oh God, I just don't know if they're going to ever get it right. Or you know, or you could, you could get really caught up in the emotional realm and be going, really? Oh no, they didn't. You know, just like I can't believe how dumb can you get? Well, is that kind of praying, is that kind of thinking going to help anybody? Absolutely not. That's why he said, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. Isn't that good news? He gives us divine utterance. Now, I have a spirit-filled Bible here, and I want to just read you something that the commentator says about the prayer of intercession. And that's what intercession is, the prayer of standing in the gap for someone else, taking the place of another person. And this is what he says about it. The prayer of intercession. This promise carries deep instruction. We dare not suppose we can truly intercede effectively on the sole basis of our perspective or our understanding. Since we never really thoroughly know how to pray as we ought, I like how he says this, we must exercise the humility and faith to wait on God and let the Holy Spirit direct us. It takes humility to say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But aren't we supposed to humble ourselves 
The Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. He'll exalt you. Humble yourselves in your presence and say, I don't know what needs to be said in this situation. And then he says, and left to humble ourselves and to wait in faith. Faith. Then he goes on to say here, presumption, supposing we already know how to intercede for, for others, will not only hinder maximum effectiveness. Do we want maximum effectiveness? But it will also cause us to miss the thrilling sense of adventure that God wants to bless us with when we receive his insight and enablement for intercessory prayer. Prayer is an adventure. There's a wonderful man of God went home to be with the Lord many years ago. Some of you may recognize the name, Reverend Phil Halverson. And I used to love how he'd pray. And he'd get up and he'd just start praying. The Holy Ghost would come on him. And he wasn't really a fivefold minister. He was truly stead in office of a prayer. And I remember him saying many times, adventures, adventures, adventures in the Holy Ghost. God wants to give us adventures. Did you know you can go around the world on your knees in your living room? Holy Ghost! Adventures! That's what this is saying here. If we suppose that we can do this by ourselves, we're going to miss the thrilling sense of adventure with God in letting Him give us utterance and letting Him lead us and guide us. You know the other thing, when we humbly say, God... Show me how to pray. I'm going to do it in faith, but you show me how to pray. Guess who gets the glory? He does. <laughs> Isn't that what he's supposed to get? He gets all the glory. We can't walk around and say, well, you know, I knew exactly what to do. I knew exactly what to say. Woo, me, 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 myself and I. No, it's him, 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 him. And him, the Holy Ghost, on the inside, getting all the glory. Amen? Are you all still here? And then, of course, right there in that same passage, it says, He helpeth us. He doesn't do all the work. Some people say, well, since I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I found out that He does praying, then I don't have to pray anymore. He does all my praying. No, He helpeth us to pray. And that word helpeth there literally means He comes alongside us. He takes hold together with us against our inability to produce results on our own. Amen? He anoints us. Glory to God. And then I like how it says, He gives us divine utterance. Divine utterance. Romans 8.27 in the Amplified. And He who searches the hearts of men... He knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. There it is again. Divine utterance in harmony with God's 
will. Hallelujah. And he, what does he do? He searches the heart. Yes, he does. Right back to waiting in his presence. Yes, he humbling ourselves and say, oh God, yeah. you put in my heart what needs to be spoken. You know, prayer doesn't begin up here in our heads. We might see a situation and say, you know, I need to pray about that. But we need to wait for the unction. Prayer literally begins with Him. It's like a circle. It comes from Him. He drops it into our heart. We lift it back up to Him through divine utterance, and then we praise Him for the answer. It's a circle. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Lion King, the circle of life, didn't come up with the circle concept. It came from God. Hallelujah. He's searching your heart. Hallelujah. (laughs) And then it says, it says he gives us divine utterance. Now listen to the word, what divine means. Excellent in the highest degree. Extraordinary heavenly, proceeding from God, above human. Hallelujah. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, it removes our human limitations. We're not just human. Did you know that? We are a spirit. And when we pray, we pray not out of our human flesh. Of course, we use our mind, our voice, but we're praying out of our spirit. And it removes the limitations. Glory be to God. God has some things that He desires to do in your life, in our lives, in our church, in His body, concerning revival towards the lost, the outpouring of His Spirit, the manifestation of the gifts. And He's waiting for somebody to be His mouthpiece, to pray out His will, His plan. And his purpose. We can't comprehend with our mind everything that God wants to do. We can hear in our spirits. We can, you know, we can read books. We can get our expectors out there. But God's bigger. Bigger. Hallelujah. And that's why he said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2. We got to speak out some things, some mysteries. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no man understands him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. There's been so many wars, really, spiritual wars and battles over speaking in tongues. Well, it's gibberish, and I don't understand it, and all of that stuff. It's so simple. If somebody says, I don't understand what you're saying, say, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God. Hallelujah. And I'm speaking divine mysteries. One translation says when you speak in tongues, you're talking God talk. Hallelujah. A direct hotline to heaven. Pretty awesome. Amen. Glory to God. And then let's look at that passage in the Amplified. 
For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning. Because the Holy Spirit, because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. Hallelujah. He desires for us to talk to him. Not about what's going on in the world and how bad it is and how ugly people are acting. But he just wants us to talk to him about how great he is and he has the answer. And he will give us the right words to speak. If we stay in the mental realm, we're on a low level. Then don't you like how it says here, no one catches It's meaning. There's some things about the spirit of prayer that I can't teach you. You got to do it. You got to get in prayer meetings. You got to get around people that know how to pray in the spirit. They're better caught than taught. I do not claim to be an expert or way elevated in the things of the Spirit and in prayer. But I do know that all my Christian life, I have availed myself to being around people that knew God better than I did. And acted on the Scripture, watch and pray. You learn by watching people that have walked with God and, and are proficient in praying in the Spirit. You can catch The spirit of prayer and these things that he is trying to get across to us. Secret things. And then how it says, not obvious to the understanding. Not obvious to the understanding. There's a scripture over in Jeremiah that fits in right here with this. We're not going to teach a long time tonight because we definitely want to have time to pray. But here in Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, Call to me. I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of, and understand. There's some instruction here. What are we to do? Call. That's the simple definition of prayer. Call. Talk to, communicate with God. And don't you love this promise? And maybe I'll answer you if I'm in a good mood. If you do it exactly perfect, you cross every T and you dot every I and you don't miss a thing. No, just call unto me. I'll answer you. And I'll show you. Ooh, I like this. What's he want to show us? Great and mighty things. Because he's a great and mighty God. God wants to put on a show. Hallelujah. And he wants you to be a star in that show. And it says here, fenced in things. What is that? That is the same thing that we read over there in 1 Corinthians 14 too. Mysteries. Mysteries. Have you ever read a mystery book 
And all through it, you know, I always refer to Nancy Drew because that was my time when I was a kid. Rose, did you ever read any Nancy Drew? My buddy back there, same age, same day. Aren't we looking good, Rose, for being 60 years old? We're awesome. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah, the guys in here probably didn't read it. But in Nancy Drew mystery books, don't admit it if you did, um, there was always who done it. When did it happen? Why did they do it? We were always looking. But that was why it was a mystery. Oh, you read it? That was why it was a mystery. I thought you were hiding because you read it. (laughs) The mystery was trying to figure out who done it. But if you didn't cheat and read the back page of the book all through it, it would capture you like trying to figure it out. But guess what? It never was a mystery to Nancy Drew. She knew who done it because she wrote the book. She was the author of it. And you know what? That's when it says here there's fenced in things. There's hidden. They're not hidden from us. They're hidden for us. God knows what the future holds. God knows what he has in plan for your life. Just like Nancy Drew is the author of mystery books, God is the author of the book. And God is the author of your life. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's why he's saying, call unto me and I'm going to show you. Woo! It won't be a mystery anymore. Call unto me. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to show up in great and mighty fashion. Hallelujah. I want to do some awesome things in this day and in this hour. God has some plans for his children, for his church, for this hour. That would literally blow our minds if they had to come through our minds, through our brains. So he devised this awesome plan whereby we can pray them out and through without our minds talking us out of them. Glory to God. One last scripture and then we're going to do just that. We're going to pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. When I was a kid, they always quoted verse 9, but nobody ever quoted verse 10. But as it is written, I have not seen ear nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who loved him. And then all the saints would get up and shout hallelujah about heaven. Woo, it's going to be wonderful when we get to heaven. And it is going to be wonderful when we get to heaven. And I'm looking forward to that day. But the things God has prepared for those who love him are not all just in heaven. They're here. And the next verse gives us a clue how we find out about them. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Woo! This is, we already read this, how the Spirit of God searches our hearts, gives us divine utterance. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Hallelujah. He puts them, He reveals them unto us by His Spirit. And then He gives us divine utterance. 
to pray out things that eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. That's the day in which we live. Woo! We haven't seen. Oh, ha, ha, what we're going to see. Great and mighty, great and mighty things. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Brother Hagin, quote one last thing, said concerning the last day move that we are in now. It shall be fueled by prayer, fired by the Spirit, and ignited with glory. Fueled by prayer, fired by the Spirit, and ignited with glory. If we don't pray, there's no fuel for fire to burn and to spread. But we are going to pray. We have been, and we shall continue to offer our supply.